welcome to To Grow Good, a podcast of conversion stories, to share encounters with the living God, to bear good fruit, a place where others can meet or be inspired to meet God. So get cozy, lean in, and listen close. Miracles are at work, and He wants to meet you too. My name is Rachel Smith, and I'm your host. Now let's start growing some good. Hi, all, and happy Tuesday. I am so glad to be back in your ears, um, and I'm so excited this week to share the conversion story of Jenna Gizar. Jenna is the creator and founder of Blessed Is She, which is a Catholic women's community for prayer and community, helping other women encounter Jesus Christ in their lives and develop a regular relationship with Him through scripture, through the sacraments, through the traditions of the church. And it's just such a beautiful community. And Jenna is so inspirational to me. It had such a pivotal role in my own journey coming to know the Lord again in my heart um, and developing a relationship with Him, being able to hear from Him and helping Him to lead me in my life. And so I am just so beyond honored to get to share Jenna's story of how she first encountered the Lord and where He's led her ever since. And so without any other delay, here is Jenna. Jenna, hello. Welcome to the show. Hello. How are you? So good. I am so excited that you are here. Um, Can you start us out by just introducing yourself and telling us a little bit about you and what you do now? I would love to. Yes. Thank you so much. Um, Yeah, I'm Jenna Gizar, and I am the founder of a Catholic women's ministry called Blessed Is She. And I am married. I've been married for almost 12 years, which is insane. I have uh, five kiddos. And yeah, I just do that. I just work on Blessed Is She stuff. I tell people on the internet about the Lord. (laughs) I uh, talk about the Lord with my friends that I work with. Um, We make products to invite women into deeper relationship with the Lord Um, and hang out with my fam. It's like the dream life that I never even dreamed of. So the Lord far exceeded any sort of expectations I had on my life, which praise be. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love that. It sounds like the dream life now, but I know exactly what you mean. That it's not something you probably knew that you were going to get into. <laughs> Definitely did not plan any of this. It's all the Lord. I love it. I love it. So yeah, that's amazing. Blessed is she has been such a huge part of my own journey back to the Lord and learning what it means to really know him in your heart and walk with him every day. And so I cannot thank you enough for all your guesses that you've given him. But before we get into Blessed is she, I want to know your whole journey of how it came to be. So could you maybe just give us some background of how you grew up? Um, whether the Lord was, was something that was in your life at the time, um, or if you can remember just a moment when you had kind of a first encounter where you realized that God might be real. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was raised a cradle Catholic, went to Catholic school, 
um, definitely did not talk about the Lord outside of school. My family grew up in a weird time, you know, um, when the church was kind of in chaos. And I think a lot of catechesis and formation kind of got dropped on our parents' generation. Um, anyway, so we didn't talk about the Lord. We didn't, I didn't have any sort of relationship with the Lord outside of school. And really in school was just learning about Bible stories and things like that. I never really learned about a personal relationship with Jesus or with the Lord at all. Um, but thankfully my parents were super strict and always made us go to mass. They were like, if you're living under our roof, you have to go to mass and you have to go to youth group. And those are not optional. So I was in a really vibrant, amazing youth group with really great friends. And I went to a leadership conference one weekend. Um, and that was through the church. And one of the speakers invited us into just a sort of imaginative prayer of inviting us to picture the face of Jesus, which I had never done or thought to do or had been invited to do. And so I did that. I closed my eyes and I, I saw the face of Jesus for the first time in my imagination. And that was the moment that he became real because I realized he was a real person that I was seeing for the first time. And I remember they like led us in some sort of examination of conscience. It was before we were going to receive uh, the sacrament of confession. And they were just kind of naming sins and how the Lord was in that with all of us. And as I was picturing his face and all the things that I had done that were turning away from him, all the ways that I had sinned when I didn't even really realize it, I didn't, I mean, I knew things were wrong, but I didn't realize, I guess, their eternal consequence that it had, that all my actions had. And so for the first time, I, I realized his great love for me. And I just started crying. I, it felt like a gift to be, to even be repentant felt like a gift. Wow. Um, and I remember just crying every single tear for like all of my sins, every single sin. I remember just like picturing him in all of the moments that I had sinned in all of the moments that I felt really dark in sin and knowing that he was standing in each one of those moments that he had never left me. Wow. Yeah. So it was incredible. Um, and yeah, that was when I realized he was real and I gave him my heart and not to say, I mean, I was still really young. And again, I wasn't formed well. Yeah. How old are you? I was 16. Oh, okay. Um, so I'm still wrestling with this now, but I still, you know, went and did really not great things that 16 year old girls yeah. do sometimes. And even though I remember finding my identity in him, I knew that I was made for something greater. I knew that I was made for the Lord, that he had made me and that he loved me and he wanted a relationship with me. And yet I still did this sort of um, tandem dance of, mm. of sinning and again, not really realizing what I was doing. Again, that there's, there's this eternal consequence to the choices that we make. Um, but yeah, that, start? that's incredible. I mean, yeah. 
Wow. <laughs> Especially as a 16 year old. Yeah. Like I'm sure that must, I mean, it's beautiful, but also must've been really kind of complicated because not everybody just has that right. You know, like in the first exercise or whatever that they're doing, have this profound kind of encounter where you come to realize all these things and you see yes. your own sins. And it sounds like for sure that was like a grace filled moment for you at that time. And then to try to go back, exactly like you're saying, to go back into your 16-year-old life. I mean, obviously you're going to, yeah, still do things that 16-year-olds do, especially when you're surrounded by, you know, other 16-year-olds that are doing what they do, you know? So, yeah. But so did you start, like, you were already going to mass, but did you yeah. start going to confession regularly and, like, kind of... I started going to daily mass. Um, wow. Confession... Confession wasn't something I even, again, it goes, it goes back to the formation thing. Um, It wasn't something that was like impressed upon us. So I went to daily mass and I think it it was the summertime. So it was easy to do that, you know, not in school. Um, But I had always really compartmentalized my life and my friendships. And so I would go to daily mass and be this like really joyful and surrendered person to my church community. And then, you know, again, like being with school friends or whatever, just really struggled with um, those two lives being brought together. Um, So the Lord is patient though. (laughs) And he's so good. And he poured out so many graces on my life, protected me so much. Praise him. And, uh, and then when I was around 19 years old, I started flirting with atheism a little bit. Um, I read a book on atheism. I was given a book from a coworker and I, that kind of darkness kind of clung to me. Um, it kind of latched on to me at that point once I started entertaining those thoughts. And then I went and met my husband, uh, who was just a friend that I had met. And I told him, yeah, I started reading this book about atheism it's kind of like making me, you know, kind of down. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Well, (laughs) I'm like, I'm really questioning everything, having an existential crisis. And he said to me, looked me dead in the face and said, you need to throw that book away and we're going to go to confession. And that really was like another huge step in my conversion story of really when his graces came into my life through the sacrament of confession, um, through the gift of my husband saying, like speaking such truth to me and yet in so much love um, just to say like, I want better for you and that's trash and you need to throw that away and the Lord wants to love you. So I did that. Yeah. Wow. Wait, so how did you meet your husband? We were just mutual friends. We had like a really amazing young adult community here in Phoenix. So um, yeah, we just met through people. And then you guys were just friends at that time and you just felt like comfortable enough to share. Yeah, I'm pretty comfortable sharing anything. (laughs) I'm like pretty much all out there. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I just told him, yeah, I'm reading this. I mean, I think I had a crush on him, but. um, So, yeah, I just told him about the book and he, he, I think what's more, most surprising is that he was comfortable enough to say to me. Yeah. No, that's uh, incredible because he drove me there and everything, and I went and wow, 
Yeah. Oh my gosh. And how beautiful that at the time you were just friends or you had a crush, but like literally that was going to be your husband who was like bringing you to the Lord. I just, oh, that is so beautiful. Wow. Okay. So when this book came into your life though, was your, was your faith strong at that moment or were you starting to kind of have doubts at, at all? No, I had no, I didn't have any doubts. I, that, that I remember. Um, I remember IMing with this <laughs> Yes. Like, or, I think we were on Skype. And I remember him just like making fun of me. He would just say, like, you believe in the flying spaghetti monster. And just telling me with such assurance, you know, and mm. confidence in what he believed in that this isn't real. Um, but no, I hadn't really struggled with it before then that I remember I was I was fairly open to the Lord I had a really I had a really beautiful imagination always in prayer um again I could always come back to that moment when I was 16 and picture his face and talk to him like he was a person and uh tell him you know little things little things to big things and I had always I had always felt consolation I knew he was always there so this was really the first time where it was like oh, maybe this isn't real and there isn't a God. And yeah, it, and it, it definitely sunk its teeth into me. And it's taken, I mean, I, it's something that up until this year, I would say is a heavy burden on me. Um, something that I never really felt I could get healing from. I thought it was always something that I would struggle with. Um, so I, thankfully I have a spiritual director who, who kind of invited me to actually pray for uh, healing, to pray for deliverance. It's been really beautiful to kind of process that with her. Yeah. 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 That's incredibly beautiful and powerful. And I feel like really relatable. I mean, I think a lot of people fall into that, especially in today's world, like where it, it can become really easy to fall into that, that kind of, yeah, drain of thinking, you know, and then you get trapped in it and you start to doubt everything that you've ever experienced with him, you know, and I've heard that before. And I think, yeah, it's so important that I think though he clearly brought people into your life to, to save you and bring you back from that, which is so incredibly powerful. But so when you, when you went to confession, um, would you say after that you felt, I mean, it, it sounds like it's been a, a long journey and still is a long journey, but I guess, do you mind just walking through a little bit, like after you went to confession and kind of your, your journey back into the arms of, of the Lord at that time? Yeah. So at that point I started actually dating my husband. We were just friends up until then. And um, we struggled a lot with chastity um, in our relationship. And that's something I've never really shared publicly with anyone. Um, but it did catapult me into a frequenting of the sacrament of confession, which again, was never a part of my life before then, like ever. Um, I think that one confession was with him was like the first time in years. Um, so we started frequenting the sacrament of confession. And again, I, I do tend to think that having a repentant heart and a realization of what our sin is doing is a real grace um, so that we can continue to turn back to him. 
And so I think by frequenting the sacrament of confession, I was realizing what sin was doing to my life, what it was doing to my soul. Um, so I'm so grateful for that time that I started going to the sacrament more, even though we were struggling and that's what was getting me there. You know, it's such like a weird thing. Um, so I just am so appreciative of that time, uh, of growth in the sacrament of confession, especially. And then, um, a few years later, we got married, had a couple of kiddos. And (laughs) at that point I was still struggling a little bit with doubt, but, um, for the most part, you know, when you're in just the midst of everyday life and living and you don't really think about it sometimes, I think the faith and the Lord can, can be set aside in the craziness of everyday life if it's not your number one priority, you know? Yeah. And I think that's really what happened. I, I started to become lukewarm. Um, I think, again, just in like the busyness of life, not out of a I don't want to do it anymore. Just like, I don't know. Um, and then at that point, uh, I looked around and saw a lot of really amazing Protestant uh, communities online that were reading scripture together. And I was like, I want to do that. I want to read scripture with these women. They seem really cool. Like I have always wanted to learn more about the Bible. I want to do that. Um, and so I started just getting involved in different Protestant ministries and really fell in love with this idea that reading the Bible like changes your life. (laughs) I didn't, I didn't ever think about it. didn't know that no one had told me that, or maybe I wasn't listening, you know? Yeah. And so then I started opening myself up to the word. And then I realized, well, I want to talk to Catholic women about this. I want this to be a part of our everyday conversation, not just my Protestant sisters, but to be able to say like, this is scripture and this is tradition. Like our church is so beautiful and full of beautiful tradition. I want to have a safe space for all of us to talk about that. And so um, that really began the journey of starting Blessed Is She. And for especially that first year and a half or so of Blessed Is She, I just felt so strongly and have for the past six years of Blessed Is She's existence that the Lord is using Blessed Is She to draw me closer to him. Mm. Like I would not believe at all or have the faith that I have. Obviously he can do anything. So he would have used another means, but I feel like sometimes blessed she was made just for me, just mm. for my soul to be one back to him, just for me to remember and have deep roots in my identity and in his identity in his existence to continue every single day to believe in him. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Because look what he's done, like in front of your very eyes, like all these souls that he's touched and me included, like brought back through this amazing, incredible ministry that I do think there's something so clear, at least to me about Blessed Is She, that it's so clearly like, him leading it. I don't know how else to say it, except I really do think it's because you have emptied your, it sounds like you emptied kind of yourself out and you were just seeking for this exact thing. And then he just like filled it and like gave you all these, and it's grown so much. Like, and now you're doing like 
you write and you do podcasts and it's just grown and grown. And it's so, it's so amazing just to watch, even in the last couple of years that I've had my conversion, watch it continue to grow and more. It, I think that's a testament to how the sphere is clearly alive in it because it's just, yeah. it's changing and ever evolving. And uh, yeah, it's just, that's incredible. And it makes a lot of sense that with your background that you would get fed through, through this ministry and that he's feeding yeah. not only others, but, but you uh it's just incredible that's beautiful thank you yeah he's so good so good and so my question when you were explaining that but it sounds like you got kind of involved with yeah some protestant bible studies which is amazing but then how did this kind of catholic tradition come into play you know like when did you get more deep i guess into the faith was that mm-hmm. during kind of your youth youth years and in high school, when you were going to that group, you were kind of introduced to kind of the richness of that tradition of the church and what it is and what it means, you know, because you had mentioned you weren't really super well catechized. So yeah, I guess when were you introduced to all of that beauty as well? Yeah. So I, my temperament is a little bit sanguine. Do you know much about the temperament? Okay. <laughs> this keeps so coming up. Oh, oh my gosh. Funny. So I know. Okay. So sanguine. <laughs> I think I've read tend to be just like open to obedient, open to obedience. I should say Um, it's like easy for me to be obedient. If that Mm -hmm. makes sense. Mm -hmm. So really for me, my doubt comes from either the Lord doesn't exist and there is no such thing as a creator. And, you know, we, we existed from nothing or he exists and Jesus Christ was a real man. And I believe what he said. I don't think he's a liar or a lunatic. So my only other option is to believe him at his word. And the rest of this is true. That Catholicism is the church that he founded, that Jesus Christ himself founded 2000 years ago. So it, <laughs> there's like no in-between area for no. me. It's either none of it or all of it. Mm. Um, so Catholicism has always just been, that's the only option. It's the only other, only other option. Um, yeah, so I've never, you know, I generally have struggled with some church teaching, but I'm fairly, again, it's easy for me to research something and to kind of get on board with it and to understand it. And if I don't, to surrender myself to it and say, this is a mystery that I won't understand on the side of heaven. Mm-hmm. And um Yeah. So it was always like so important to my life. It was not just like culturally at all. Again, it wasn't part of my family's culture other than, you know, you get baptized, you get your kids baptized. That's it. It just, it's just a part of my identity. And so I love the church. I love the community of believers. I love um, our authority Um, that we have a place to land on all teaching that we're ever confused about. There's an answer and there's a doctor of the church and there's a saint who's given us an answer to it. Um, Yeah, so I love all that about the church. Today's episode is brought to you by Catholic Match. Are you feeling called to marriage but struggling to meet others who are striving for sainthood? Well, my friends, there is a solution for you. Welcome to Catholic Match, the largest faith-focused dating app designed for single Catholics. 
Unlike other dating sites, Catholic Match primarily strives to help singles connect for the purpose of sacramental marriage through direct message, video chat, and more. And not only that, it also provides a place to make new friends in the faith because, let's be honest, these days it's harder than ever to cultivate intimate Catholic community. Create your Catholic love story. Visit catholicmatch.com slash good to create your free Catholic Match account and start meeting fellow-minded Catholics today. Do you believe in the power of conversion stories? Has this show moved you in some way? Join the Branches of the Vine community of supporters. You will be making this show happen and you'll be helping it grow and expand into new avenues to reach even more souls. Visit togrowgood.com slash support to join for as little as $3 a month. This link is also a live link in today's episode description. If you just scroll down, you'll be able to click right there to join us. As a gift back to you, you will gain access to an underground bonus podcast. That's right, a collection of monthly episodes on a series of different topics that stir my heart, in addition to behind-the-scenes updates on where he's leading this ministry and more. You are the light of the world. Thank you so much for supporting me in this mission and stepping out on the water to wherever he calls me next. Let's see where this goes. Yeah, yeah. And and it's just, I, I love just how you, you kind of were introduced to this scripture. And I really feel like through Blessed Is She, it's come alive in, in the church so much more vibrantly, especially obviously with women. And yeah. it's brought scripture out from like the dusty shelves and like, into community with other women, which is just so beautiful. And how he, he really put this call on your heart just as like this little curiosity. And I just love to watch how things, like I love to look back and see how it starts as this little inkling of like, hey, I see these like women on Instagram that are doing something awesome. I want to really? do that, you know? And then to see where it's gone, it's just crazy. But do you want to talk a little bit about, yeah, just like the beginning of Blessed Is She and and what it was like when it was first starting and just how the Lord's hand was in it um, and how maybe he provided and just has grown it since then? Yeah, it sounds so similar to your story, which I just think is a beautiful testament um, that the Lord just moves in little ways. He moves in little promptings that we get to choose to say yes or no to, to move, you know, in, in fluidity with or not. Um, You know, it starts with little yeses and that's so much of what blessed issue was for me. So I had personally just been blogging, like I had a cloth diaper blog where I did cloth diaper reviews (laughs) with my kids Um, and would talk about just like mommy things, life as a young mom, life with littles, that sort of thing. And I, in that, I kind of grew to really love designing websites. I would always just kind of tinker with my own website and mess around with it and make it new, whatever. So I always liked making websites. So then when this idea popped up of like, I want to make something like this for Catholic women, like I don't, I want Catholic women to have a home like these amazing Protestant women have. Um, it was like, okay, well, let me reach out to some of my blogging friends that I've made through this mommy blog world and see if anyone, any of them want to hop on board with starting some sort of ministry. I don't know what it looks like. I don't know the name. I don't know anything like that, but I'll just reach out and see if anyone wants to do something or sees a need that I see. 
And so I reached out to about 20 of them and I would say like a handful said no and the rest said yes. So I was like, okay, these people said yes. So I actually, I actually have to do something now, right? Like I very much like move with accountability. If someone knows or is expecting me to do something, I need to go do it. If it's if the only, if the expectation is only from myself, it's usually not going to happen. <laughs> so I was like, okay, these women like think I'm actually going to do something now. So I was like, I'll just make a website. So I made a website and that was just the fun part. Again, it's just this like, it was just one step at a time. I didn't know what was going to come. If all of them had said no, this wouldn't exist. Wow. It literally exists because those women said yes. And I had a team to do something with. Um, so I just made a website and the idea was to write reflections based on the daily readings that the church gives us every single day, which is such a gift. And again, the church is so rich in her tradition and... Um, just teachings that we have so much wisdom to gain from her. So I was like, let's just write these reflections based on the readings and go from there. And we did. We just, women started signing up to get reflections in their email inbox. And then I realized that was in September of 2014. And a couple months later, I was like, I really like to prayer journal. Like that's one of my favorite ways to pray. As I said, I really like to use my imagination and just like picture myself talking to the Lord. So I was like, it would be cool to just like make a prayer journal. So I used like a free editing software on my computer and just made a little prayer journal and I put it up for pre-order and like 700 women bought it. Wow. And I was like, oh, okay. There's like <laughs> something here. So I remember I, I went to go print that one that I made and it actually, like the dimensions were totally off because I was, I didn't know what I was doing. Right. Oh so gosh, it's like, this is this. extremely pixelated. You can't do anything with this. And I was like, well, shoot, what am I going to do? These people just pre-ordered this book. <laughs> I was like, wait, they pre-ordered, which means I have money, which means I can hire a designer because <laughs> I have money to pay a designer. So I asked this designer to like, basically, I was like, here's what I made. Can you just make it not pixelated? So she was designed exactly what I had done, but it was, you know, done correctly, professionally. <laughs> and I printed them and we shipped them out. And it was, that was it. That's what it's always been is just this one thing at a time of like, okay, this is a need. Let's see if we can fill the need. Oh, there's people who want it. Okay, let's do it again. Oh, there's another yeah. need. Like, but again, it's, it's only, you know, through the Holy Spirit's inspiration. It's only through conversations with friends. It's only through the women of this community who voice, hey, this is an area that is lacking in my life. Is there, is there something we can fill in the gaps with? Is there a product we can make? Is there an experience? Is, like, what can we do for women to give no excuse as to why they can't have a relationship with the Lord. I want to break down all barriers and to be able to say, you have everything at your disposal. The Lord is, and obviously you don't need anything other than a heart that's open to him and that's it. But we want to shout that from the rooftops in everything that we do and everything that we say and everything that we make. Yeah. Amen. Ah, oh, so good. That's amazing, Jenna. Oh my gosh. I just love how he works with us. It's just the most beautiful thing that God like works with human beings. And when you said that, if nobody had said yes, it would be done. Like it just brought me right back to like Mary. Like if she had not said yes, 
none of this like would have happened the same thing like when he when when he's preaching about the eucharist and his disciple like some of a huge chunk of his disciples walk away like he was taking a risk like if people hadn't stayed it wouldn't have been able to happen and so it's just it's just so cool how he works with human beings and how we have to it's as much as we'll say yes to what he's proposing you know, yeah. and he's just placing something on your heart and you just take that next little step and you yeah. can't see no. the end result, which is what's so scary about saying yes sometimes. But when you follow that little nudge and you just just meet him halfway, it's just like 700 pre-orders. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so crazy. Oh my gosh. And it just yeah. continues to grow. What has that been like? It's like, it's huge now. Is it is it ever yeah. difficult? I mean, I can only imagine. It's just, it's it's blown up and it continues to grow, it seems. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's weird. When I step back and think, you know, six years later, having six full-time employees and like, I don't know. I just think that that's wacky. <laughs> yeah, it's wacky. What? what? How is that a thing? How? How did I do this? Again, like I didn't ever dream about this. I, I never had a desire to, to start a ministry or a business or anything. I was just a mom and an ill-catechized, not super intellectual wife and mom who worked at a hospital down the street. You know, like he, he has massive plans. Yeah. For little old you and me. <laughs> and it's not massive in the sense of like numbers, but like grander than we could even imagine. Mm-hmm. Just simply by our little yeses to him every single day in our families and our friendships. And no, it's incredible. I, I still am like, I feel like it's still just the 25 of us. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I still so much feel that it's little and small and um, it's just me, you know, answering little email nudges. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. That's yeah. incredible. And just thank you for continuing to follow those nudges and to, to just, you just clearly have a gift for listening and hearing from not only the Lord, but also like the community and just other women and then, and then providing, I think it's clearly a gift in you and it's so manifests through blessed is she. And so thank you because it's blessing so many women and, and bringing so many back to the Lord, um, myself included. So, but that's an incredible story, Jenna. I love it so much. Um, would you be willing to share maybe just how he has played a role in your life ever since? Maybe just what have been some of your biggest challenges in your relationship with him and what have been some of your greatest joys? Yeah, that's an awesome question. Um, my, my biggest challenge is really what I bring on myself, you know, um, I think he's just waiting to like love us and hug us and keep walking with us along the way. And we oftentimes can put up barriers, I think. Um, so probably my biggest challenges would one be doubt. Um, just my wrestling with that, not really, uh, 
taking it upon myself to have the power from the Holy Spirit himself to say like, I'm not going to deal with you anymore. You're not a part of my life, I believe. Um, And then two would be just that I have really a limiting view on myself, I think, um, which would be that I'm dumb, that I don't know a whole lot, that my faith is surface level because I'm not like a super intellectual who knows all the things and who can like quote church fathers. (laughs) Like I'm just... That's not me yet. I don't know if that is in the cards for me in the future, um, but that's not how I'm wired. I'm really wired um, in a sort of freedom and childlikeness that just surrendered and obedient. Um, but I think it can be a hangup for me to feel like, well, I'm not good enough for this. So sometimes I limit what the Lord wants to do in and through me because I've already like said and decided that that's not me. Mm. Um, and he's, again, he's just really patient. He's giving me people in my life who have called me on to more. My husband is exactly that calls me on to more every single day. Um, He's brought me incredible friendships that have changed my life, which is why I'm such an advocate for holy friendships. Um, For example, I had one friend who really got me out of a really awful time in our marriage, a darkness in our marriage that I didn't think we'd get out of. I thought that divorce was in my future. I thought that that was what was in the cards for my marriage. And instead, he worked through a friend who said, no, the devil wants nothing more than for your marriage to fall apart. So we are going to pray right now for unity. And she prayed for me over the phone. She prayed for us over the phone. And it was the beginning of the restoration of our marriage from the Holy wow. Spirit in her. Um, so I have, you know, just, he's given me these beautiful, incredible people who have changed my life. And they've all done that, you know, through the promptings of, of him as well. Um, So yeah, I'm just so grateful for his goodness, his faithfulness, his constant pursuit of me, even when I don't think I'm deserving or I'm not smart enough or I'm not, you know, intelligent enough to to know. Um, His like love for me permeates almost those thoughts I have on myself. So when I actually sit down and pray, his love gets past all of that and just like into my heart. But when I'm living kind of in the surface and not really making time for prayer, those thoughts can really come and cloud my vision, cloud my identity. Um, yeah, but he's always just good. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I, I feel like so often the challenge and the joy are like kind of two halves of one coin in some ways because he's, he's so good. And even in our challenges, he, he works to, to reach us and, and get us out of exactly what you were just saying. But, um, and so what have been some of your standout influences for you, whether it's like a speaker, I guess, clearly community and friends and relationships are huge in your story, but maybe a book or, um, a a retreat or another podcast or a sacrament. Um, what have been some of your influences that you would want to mention? Yeah. Well, I, of course, have to mention Beth Davis, <laughs> yes. who you've had on. And 
the Lord has brought into my life just out of his own generosity and kindness. <laughs> um, and again, pursuit of my soul. Um, she is a true gift and is very in tune with the Holy Spirit, seeks the Holy Spirit herself, has a heart for him, um, and has changed my life because of it. Um, so definitely Beth, if you don't know Beth, I want to encourage you to listen. Check out Teachable Tuesday. <laughs> totally. Um, yeah, she's incredible. Um, and then otherwise, I would say like my favorite book, <laughs> which I don't know. I don't, I don't think a lot. Beth doesn't like it. Uh, some people don't like it, but it's called Love Does by Bob Goff. Have you heard of it? No, I haven't. I'll have to look it up. I don't know. (laughs) It's so good. I love it. It's basically this whole premise that love is an action. Love does. Love moves. Um, It's not just an idea. It's not just felt in the heart. It's like movement. And so what do we do? How do we love? Um, And it's really beautiful just about God's love for us, his like abundance of love for us, his audacious love for us, how he's unrelenting in love for us. Um, and just how, how do we like respond to that love? That sounds amazing. Yeah. It's so good. Why doesn't Beth like it? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I think she would say, I've never read it. And I'm like, exactly. I told you to read it. Go read it. (laughs) It sounds awesome. I'm definitely going to check that out. I've never heard of it. So thanks for the plug. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and so the last question I hope to ask everyone who comes on at the end is, can you share with us one scripture verse that is either speaking to you recently or that has played a foundational role in your journey and why? Yeah. Well, I have to talk about my one foundational one because it's the greatest. And that would be Mark 541, which is when Jesus raises, um, the little girl from the dead and he says, Talitha kum. Little girl, I say to you, arise. And it is a foundational prayer for me in that no matter what is happening in my life, no matter the doubt I feel, no matter the darkness I feel, whether it be from sin or from, um, like, again, my own negative thoughts about myself, whether it be actual circumstantial darkness, um, whether it be like death, even like death in dreams or in what I envisioned for my life or in sadness or in heartache, he is always reaching out his hand to me and saying, little girl, I say to you, arise, like get up, wake up. Um, I have life for you. Like he's giving me life and all I get to do, all we get to do is just take his hand and he gives us life. Um, so that is a foundational verse for me. Um, yeah. And one, I, I would stake my life on that, that the Lord is always reaching out to us, always offering his hand, always pursuing us. Um, and he's giving us life. Yes. So good. So, so good. And I just love that image of like, all we have to do is reach out our hand. I've never really thought of it like that, but it's so true. Like a kind of our whole conversation is like, you just have to meet him, right? Like he's right there waiting. 
to do amazing things for us and through us and with us. We literally just have to take his hand and incredible things can happen. Like starting, I'm blessed as she, which is amazing. So thank you so much, Jenna. This has been such a gift. And thank you so much for being willing to share your story and just to speak so vulnerably about your relationship with the Lord and your walk with him and where he's taken you ever since. So thank you again. Thank you so much for having me on. It's an honor to chat with you. Thank you so much for growing some good with us today. Visit us at togrowgood.com slash podcast to find links to everything we mentioned in today's conversation. If you enjoyed today's conversation, would you please consider leaving us a review on iTunes or on whatever app you're listening from? Reviews help podcasts to show up higher in search results so that more people can find these incredible stories of the Lord at work. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend, a family member, or a coworker who might enjoy the conversation as well. Find us on Instagram at to grow good. See you next week.